Topic. Topic. Hmm. What about... I've been thinking, actually, you know, I've been thinking a little bit about um, as I've gone through the books and as you and I have had conversation and my own journey. And I've thought a lot about, like, what would what would someone do differently? What would you have done differently if it was just like, um, like if you if if money wasn't and uh a hurdle like if it wasn't like oh, so I'm, I need I'm independently to. wealthy and, and you're just like i'm gonna do this because i love helping people i love you know and i know nothing I, you know nothing about maybe finance or nothing about banking or not you came from cars you sold your business made a few million bucks yeah you know thought well now i'll change change gears i probably still would have wound up writing mm-hmm but maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. Like, would you have worked as hard? Would you have... So if I'd sold know? the... If, if, if I had a business partner at the time, so mm-hmm. I should say we. If we had sold the business two years earlier, mm-hmm. maybe even three years earlier, we probably could have each walked away with a million bucks in our back pocket mm-hmm. in 2000, yep. 2001. Yeah. We could have each walked away with a million bucks in our pocket, and I had four cash flowing rentals at that time. Mm-hmm. They had mortgages against them, but you know the the value now in those four properties would be in the millions of dollars. The equity in them, just because of the market appreciation over the last twenty years. Yeah, right. I mean, we sold the loft just a couple blocks away from here for one sixty five. <laughs> it's worth six fifty. Right. Yeah. Uh, the two commercial properties, um, they're worth over a million dollars a piece. Mm-hmm. And I paid like 115 grand for one of them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, you know, now at the time, well, yeah, even at the time, like a, a, a million bucks tucked away, kicking out 7% return, sure. 70 grand a year. Yeah. Wouldn't have really had to work. No. And then the rentals are positive cash flow. They're mm-hmm. doing their thing. You just mm-hmm. sort of set them and forget them. Yeah. Yeah, I could have, could have sort of just taken my time to figure out what to do next. Yeah. But I actually fear without having had to have done something, mm-hmm. without being forced mm-hmm. to do something, mm-hmm. that I might have really flamed out. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. It, and, you know, you can – look at that from the perspective of like Jason and the advice he gave me, like you have to create pain, yeah, create a bit of pain and pressure. And and I just think, well, what if, what if I was coming in and I already had the, you know, like the money machine, I already had the, I was just really super interested, you know, it's like people who go back to school because they can afford to go back to school one day and I can live my dream. You know, yeah, so go it's to like, law school, become sure, a lawyer. Exactly. Sure. Yeah, you know, maybe I'll be a lawyer for the last fifteen years of my career mm-hmm. time. But you know, going into this, and I, I think you know, like this isn't just a business of why would you ever go into mortgage brokering? And and unfortunately, it's it's there's that perception sometimes from some of us who have been around the industry for a while, and we think like, oh, it's a grind, it's tough, it's this, it's that. It's like, but what if it wasn't? What if it wasn't? What if I? 
I wasn't starving? What mm-hmm. if I was what if I was totally good and I actually this could be like I could be passionate about it. And I could just get in there and I could, you know, have my assistant and I could be, you know, doing my thing and and I just look at that and I think I wonder how different the journey would be if that were the case. Because now we say to people, I I had agents with me who were like, well, I'm kind of getting at this place where it's just a bit too much. And they're uncomfortable with hiring an assistant because they don't see that paying money out, your, your <coughs> earning potential is going to grow. Is gonna grow. Yeah. And they, they can't see that because of the pain. Yeah. So what if there's no pain? Are you going to grow? Are you going to push to that? Are you going to push to that faster because you've already gotten rid of that? I think it goes back to it's, the intrinsic extrinsic thing we talked sure. about too. Because mm-hmm. are you intrinsically motivated to be building something? Yeah. To be improving yep. your skill set, and, yep. and do you want to work? Exactly. Because like, I mean, anything you're doing is interacting with other people, and it, there's mm-hmm. going to be moments where it's not going to be smooth. It's mm-hmm. going to suck, mm-hmm. and uh, and you're going to want to walk away. So you, you have to you have to have a passion. That's true. Yeah. For it to some extent. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I'm sort of thinking about it from a couple different angles. I got a few thoughts colliding in my in my mind about it. Yeah, I think I think there'd be a lot of brokers just laughing at the very notion of like doing this if you didn't have to do it at all. Yeah, because it is a tough, tough slog. Mm-hmm. Mind you, I think some of the most successful people in brokering. Mm-hmm have the level of success they have because it isn't about the money mm-hmm. it's just about problem solving mm-hmm. creative problem solving mm-hmm. and that dopamine hit from getting a file complete yeah and getting it across mm-hmm. the and being liked mm-hmm. my clients like me mm-hmm. my referral partners like me i mean i think we all like to be liked sure and respected mm-hmm. and you know known for being good at our jobs yep. and, and and the more you you know the more you broker the better you get at it and yeah. the more you sort of unlock the secret code and, and you, you ah yes you, you know. yeah so i think that's a little bit addictive mm-hmm. is figuring out solving puzzles yes like yeah that's what you're spending your time doing you're, mm-hmm. you're solving puzzles yeah and i think a lot of people are drawn to that mm-hmm. yeah i mean I know in Alberta specifically, um, less so here just because I probably don't know as many people in the industry here, but I know in Alberta, um, it was really interesting, the mix of backgrounds, like, oh, for sure. you know, like, um, a broker, you know, in their thirties making the move over who was, you know, a blue collar for, well, really since 17, you know, um, blue collar work, you know, work boots the whole thing dirty haven't haven't ever seen this person wearing a suit who's like i a i just don't want to whatever it is be away from my family or now i have a family or i my body can't handle that anymore or whatever Mm -hmm. it is and and make that leap and it's just like wow like because it's like well you know it's a great business it's i don't have to go to school for yeah. four or five years to make a level of income to take care of my family. No, the barrier to entry is is, is certainly reasonably low, mm-hmm. so it's it's relatively easy to get into. And and yeah, you can be in your sixties, your seventies. Heck, you could be in your eighties and yeah. still be brokering because it's not heavy lifting. It's not hard on no. the body. No, I mean, as long as you got your mental faculties in order, yeah, yeah. You, you can keep on going. Mm-hmm. So it it makes sense as a way to certainly keep the brain occupied Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but yeah as i say i think that that need 
to have an income mm-hmm. drives an awful lot of us uh, at a fundamental level. Where if you take that need away, like I don't need to have an income from this, mm-hmm. is this what I would choose to be doing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I think that at this point, if I didn't need to have any income whatsoever, well, I mean, even what we're doing with this yeah. podcast series, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's no like monetization top of mind whatsoever. No. It's like, I think this is, it's just, it makes sense. And it's kind of like the light bulb went on five years later. Mm-hmm. Um, why not take each chapter, turn it into a podcast episode, put it out there mm-hmm. and some people might look at that and go, well, if you're going to put every chapter of every one of your books out on a podcast, nobody would buy the books. Mm-hmm. I don't really care. Yeah. Like, it isn't about making money from Ex the books. Revenue, the books have never... I, I'm finally in the black mm-hmm. as of a couple months ago. It took five years. Yeah. So I'm finally in the black mm-hmm. on the books. But it was never about making money. Yeah. I mean, I always think it's funny when people say, like, all proceeds donated to charity from my book. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Yeah. When are you going to have proceeds? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. The cost of publishing, printing, and everything else. There's, there's no proceeds yeah. for years on most books, mm-hmm. if ever. Um, but putting that knowledge out there is um, I'm driven intrinsically mm-hmm. to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the number one thing that I get lift out of is helping someone recognize they're capable of more than they think they're capable. Yeah. Like, yeah. hey. You're kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. You're a bigger deal than you realize. Mm-hmm. And I don't think enough people get told that no. often enough yeah. at all in life. Like it's just not something we say often enough. No. And you can literally like find someone tonight or tomorrow mm-hmm. who you're face to face with, whether it's Zoom or whatever, and just say to them, you know. You're a pretty special person. Mm-hmm. You're pretty amazing. And like you will see them light up. Yeah. It's like the flower that the sunlight suddenly yes. shines on and it like you know, up. stands up. Yeah. Yeah, it perks up. And we don't share that enough with people. And like so many people, the backstories they have are incredible. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right? And and the things they've gone through and the hurdles they've cleared. And they don't think it's any that's not that it's big a deal. Nothing. Yeah, no big deal. Yeah. Like when I'm trying to get guests to come on the mm-hmm. the, the morning show. Yeah. Uh, lots of times people are like, oh, I don't really have anything what that I, I, I couldn't sharing? add value. Right, yes. And then like we start talking and I yeah. ask them a few questions and I'm like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Like this is an incredible story. Mm-hmm. Like you definitely need to share this. This yes. is amazing. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I'm not yeah. sure that anyone would care. Yeah, you might inspire one person out there to take a leap or to, yeah, yeah. who knows? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that lights me up that, yeah. that that motivates me so that I, I mean at this point if um somebody suddenly added a couple of zeros to my bank balance and mm-hmm. it was like yeah i'm, I'm good yeah. i'm good for the rest yeah. of my life i'd still be going down that same path yeah you know the, the example i'm thinking of as you're talking is derek sievers yes totally yeah that's right? definitely where yeah so you know we've had the conversation with him last night he talked mm-hmm. about the fact that he's got more than enough money mm-hmm. he's got a few million bucks yep. sitting in the bank yep He's good. He's good. Mm-hmm. So he's he's done. He doesn't he doesn't yeah. need to worry about money for the rest of his life. Yeah. And he's giving away money that rolls into his life because he doesn't because got, he's, he's got, got enough more than he needs. Yeah. I loved his um, his theory on anyone accumulating a certain amount of money past uh, you know a certain number of millions. Mm-hmm. 
pick a number, whatever, yep. call it 20 million bucks. Yep. Beyond that, mm-hmm. it's like you're hoarding. Right. Just yeah. it's like you have the same sort of mental, you know, short circuit yeah. that a hoarder has. Yes. Like, yeah, what definitely. Are you, what are you hanging on to that? For sure. <laughs> yes. And I can see the drive being like the drive continuing to earn. But if it's like because of philanthropic um, interest mm-hmm. at that point or, you know, now I'm at a point where I can give back and where I can support, you know, what I believe in, where, you know, your passion mm-hmm. and things like that. Wonderful. But yeah, like you know, all of the, you know, hoarding of, of money or what have you. It's like, but for what, you know, like. But he sold that company in 2008. And I think he wrote the book. It was either 07 or 2010, one or the other. Yeah. So the book, let's say 2010. I think it was, I think it was after, yeah. Let's say 2010 yeah. was the book. Yeah, you're right. It was yeah. after. Sorry, it was after. So let's say it was 2010, 2011. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. The last 10 years, mm-hmm. he hasn't put another book out. No. Now he is. Yes. Not only is he putting another book out, yeah. he's writing a third book. Yeah. He's already got that in the works. Yes. So and, he, and, he's, and now that's his mission is to become a better thinker and mm-hmm. a better writer. Yes. Yeah. He, he like journals put, hours a day, like thoughts and ideas and just to put out there because, yeah. hey, maybe my idea will spur on a question or a curiosity in you and, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you'll do better with my idea than me, like you said, you know. But your your opening question of if you didn't have to do anything, would you still do anything? Mm-hmm. Like there's a very creative guy with some really high level thinking. Like yeah. I very much yeah. enjoy every interview I've ever heard. For sure. He could have easily written a book a year for yeah. the last ten years. Absolutely. And but, maybe he did and it's tucked away mm-hmm. in the journal and he just never put it out there, mm-hmm. which I'd love to have another conversation with him. Mm-hmm. Hold yeah. his feet to the fire on that one. Yeah, absolutely. What have you been doing in the last ten yeah. years of your life? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's really interesting and it's um it's kind of cool to myself from my perspective in the industry having, you know, an all sides of kind of the transaction and different areas of the business. Um to me it's like, well, I I love the business, but I can just change my role inside the industry. You know, mm-hmm. I I love the industry. I I know the industry well. I you know, have really wonderful connections and, and friends and people in the industry. So maybe, you know, how can I adapt and still be in a space that I love? Like, Which I think makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Because I see people who get tired of, of, of brokering yep. and they want to exit. And I did that. Like I Eject. had two headhunters I worked with. I'm like, this is what I've done. This is what I can do. Find me something different. And both of them said, why would you do that? Like, why wouldn't why you capitalize you, on the connections yeah, you have? You're going to flash nearly two decades of experience. And it's like, whoa, like that doesn't make sense. And mm-hmm. and until I heard that back, I thought, right. Okay. So can I make a difference in a different way? Yeah. You know? And yeah. okay, let's think about that. I, I, I mean, I'm 48, I'll be 49 this year. And I still think regularly about, Maybe I should go back to school and like get a law degree. Yeah. And yeah. And, and and for what? For what? Started as a lawyer from ground zero and and, and what kind of and lawyer kind am I gonna be? Yeah. By the and time you're sixty, what do you what kind what are you gonna be doing? Hey, hey, sixty. No, but, but okay, I mean, you're right. But after yeah. you've gone through university, after you've got your degree and you've worked a couple of years, like then you're articling and then yeah, it's okay. you're be right, like, yeah, pushing Who's 60 this new and, guy on the block? Yeah, yeah. This sixty year old rookie. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, but I think a lot of the life experience I've had it will, would play, play into 
for sure. You know, and, and I think about investment banking. I think about uh, corporate law, mm-hmm. uh, and and like the roles mm-hmm. that corporate lawyers play yep. in, in mergers and acquisitions mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. And and but then, do you really want to be the lawyer in the M and A, or do you want to be sort of the idea yes. person in the yeah. M and A? And so the investment banking world mm-hmm. is is interesting, but again, zero connections, starting from scratch. Yeah, is that what you want to do when you're half a century old? No Hustle thanks. for those connections, like because that's what it is. Oh, Hustling know, for I relationship. S- I say that, and it's like I am not dead. I'm not nearly dead. I'm no. not worn out. I got energy and. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's maybe that's chapter th- act th- act three, as I call it. Maybe that's act three. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the last fifteen or twenty years. It, it okay. So it takes five years to build up mm-hmm. some kind of recognition, and another five to really master the game. And yeah, okay. But then at sixty, you're kicking ass. Yeah. And I'm gonna work until I'm seventy five, mm-hmm. seventy six, and then I'm just gonna like expire so it's all good just expire yeah. just like well the app on my phone says july 1st 2049 oh. Age 77 oh interesting yeah so i operate with that one mm-hmm. yeah it's a great app i'm sure i've opened it before i think haven't i have i never shown you this no open last day <laughs> here's my favorite thing about it As if. Oh, wow. So it's literally counting. I have 28 years, 9 months, 21 days, 5 hours, 43 minutes, and 20, 19, 18, 17, seconds. 16 seconds left. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. Well. And uh, born on a Saturday, I'm going to check out on Thursday. Hmm. Not this Thursday, hopefully. <laughs> And uh, I have 25, what have I got left here? I have 1,503 weekends left. Oh. See, there's where I think this is really interesting. So some people might say, I'll turn the ticking off because it stresses some people. Yeah. Out. It's like the seconds it's like, of your life yeah, ticking by. Here's why I think having something like this, even if it's made up and even if I live to be 97, so yeah. it's all BS. Here's why I think it's important. I think we can agree that by age 77, I'll be slowing down yes. a little bit. Yeah. So I have 1,503 weekends left okay. mm-hmm. until age 77. Yep. So really, if, let's break that down by decades. Yeah. So about 500 weekends per decade. So like I've probably, or 50, pardon me, 50, or 500, 500. Yeah. So I've got like 500 Saturday nights left that should still be, I should still have some pretty good energy. Like yeah. it should still be decent. Yeah. But like the next 500 after that, I'm going to be a little quieter. Mm-hmm. A few more, you know, quiet nights in. Yeah. And that third round of 500 Saturday nights yeah, probably going to be pretty quiet. Yeah. So you look at that and you think, okay, if I've got like 500 pretty good Saturday nights coming up mm-hmm. and I'm invited to something really lame yes. that I don't want to do. Are you going to do it? Am I going to do that? Like, am yeah. I going to give up one of my five? Mm, Less likely. I don't know. Yeah. yeah that's, that's, that's probably a, an issue, right? Mm-hmm. I have a quarter million hours left. It indicates that I have 60,000 hours of work. Of course, the way I work up probably means I have 120,000 <laughs> hours of work left. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's interesting, as I say, the Saturday night thing I, I often think about. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's actually, yeah, that's a good, that's some, that's a good thing to take away from that app. It's good to be aware. Yes. Yeah. Like, okay, five years from now, mm-hmm. I'm probably going to be starting to chill out. Mm-hmm. You know, 55. Yeah. That's 250 Saturday nights. And let's say probably 10 Saturday nights a year. They're going to get gobbled up between 
Christmas, For family sure. birthdays, yeah. like something. So really, I got about 40. Obligations, yeah. It's like about 40 a year. So mm-hmm. I got about 200 Saturday nights. Yeah. And the rest of the week, like weeknights are... Even when you say fun. 40 a year, like if you if you just think of it in mm-hmm. this year... Yeah. For example, like just 40 this year. Yeah. You got to make those I mean, count. Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing with your Saturday night or your Sunday morning or, you know, mm-hmm. the Maybe off the clock with hours. Any, with any luck, you're still doing a little more of the Sunday Saturday morning of what you were doing yeah. Saturday night. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. For the next, you know, couple hundred Saturday For nights. For a few but then, you know. years. Yes. <laughs> That's terrible because I think of myself and it's like, um, I don't really see any to be up past midnight these days <laughs> <laughs> that's a good night's sleep nothing yeah, wrong with that but you know 5 a.m 5 a.m club yeah yeah hmm. that's interesting yeah make those saturday nights count mm-hmm.